When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Welcome to the friend zone. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesco, also known as Hey Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the friend zone. Let's start the show. Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out who he asking. Daddy Joyce. Here's the thing, though. Yes, my name is Daddy Joyce on the Zoom this week because I, you know, just me and Mama Joyce got a lot in common. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> what you just heard, you can't say. You might as well say it was me because it was an outcry, a battle cry, if you will, from the world to none other than Sharon Osbourne. Okay, that's what you just heard. You just heard the world talking to Sharon Osbourne, who literally we got to see a lie. It was like she was announcing her Broadway turn as Karen on the main stage (laughs) when she had that meltdown (laughs) on the talk the other day. I couldn't believe it. And I mean, I couldn't me tell me I couldn't believe that what I was watching and what I saw in front of me. Okay, (laughs) it was bad enough for her to jump out because remember, she had that reaction because she put herself out there like that. And maybe this may not be my typical top of the show thing, but damn it, this is what we're talking about today. And that's what the clip was about. Let's go. She jumped out there and she put herself on the on the on the edge of glory, okay, to fall <laughs> based on her alliance and allegiance with peers. Mr. Racism himself, Morgan, Mm. okay? And the comments, nasty, vile comments that he is known for and has continued to make Mm -hmm. in regards to Meghan Markle. And Sharon, not Sharon, tell me! Okay, I started to call her Diddy and uh, Christina Aguilar. I was like, who she no thinks she is? Uh, Prince play album? <laughs> Tell me. I can't wait for the DJs to put a sample of her doing saying that over the beat to Tell Me by Diddy and Christina Aguilera. <laughs> but, you know, just seeing her do that, like I said, I could go on and on. But watching that live Karen meltdown was wild. Shout out to Cheryl, cool as a cool as a cucumber, Underwood, you know what I'm saying, who sat there unmoved and just, you know, she was chilling like Lot's wife after Lot's wife turned into that pillar of salt. That's how Cheryl Andrew was just standing there letting Karen, uh, Sharon, excuse me, I almost called her Karen, letting Sharon Osborne Karen out. So that's all. I just thought it was funny because Andrew uh, Caldwell said, shut up, girl. 
shut up. Uh. I thought that was funny because it applies. And with that being said, welcome everyone to the Friends on your weekly look into all things mental health and mental hygiene. Because who in the hell wants a musty brain? Apparently, Sharon Osborne. Hey, friend, how you doing? I'm good. And then I read that she, I didn't see the, the meltdown, but I keep hearing about it, obviously. And I read that she's asking for tens of millions of dollars or something to be... To leave the show, basically. So you wow. say something wild. First of all, you're getting pounds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that like a next level entitlement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why she went, tell me. <laughs> you got to see it, friend, when you hear her saying I'm going to look I'm it up. You. Obviously, oh you're God. making me want to watch it. Okay, so before we get started, does anyone have any announcements to make? No, thank you for ev- thank you to everyone rather for uh, tweeting with me yes, while we watched Soul ABC of Soul of a Nation. That was awesome. Yeah, congratulations! Really by appreciate the way. it. Dope. Thank you so much. Dope, dope, dope program, and we'll be in that thing for the next three weeks, including after you. By the time you hear this, we will have done it again because we're doing it tonight at ten, and then for the next two weeks afterwards. So shout out to ABC. Y'all know we like watching things as a family on the television. <laughs> so every the next two Tuesdays. Uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll be tuning into the Soul of a Nation docu-series. And you can check all their social handles at Soul of a Nation ABC, I believe, to find out more. Oh, it's on ABC, so this is prime time television. Prime time like Deion Sanders, Woo. baby. Prime time. I think That's I'll be able to watch because yeah. I just got the Paramount. Is it the Paramount Plus app? Oh, or you can watch Paramount that? Plus, friend. Yeah. Get friend with getting in the TV. Actually, I got it because I wanted to watch the Grammys, but I was like, I might keep this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'll be able to tune in. Actually, I'm actually going to be live tweeting as well. Well, not really live tweeting because HBO Max is, is more of an archive, but they asked okay. me to partner Ooh, with you- them to highlight women's films for Women's History Month. They asked, so it's, right. it's three days worth of tweets. It's only a couple tweets a day, but I picked three movies, um, and I'm going to be mentioning each one for three days starting tomorrow, which is basically today by the time you guys listen yes. to this episode. So make sure to <laughs> help me make those tweets look cute on Twitter at HeyFray, and then I'll also be talking about it on my IG stories as well. Um, awesome. Yeah, and then, yeah, so that's basically the very similar campaign um so thank you guys for that support because that makes us look good that's it for me though hey to the man and now we jump into a black business of the week so ashley's story thank you ashley she sent me a dm on instagram and put me on to bloom and plume coffee a black, <laughs> a black and LGBTQ owned coffee shop in Los Angeles. We got coffee, y'all. <laughs> now, since it's LA and it's blooming and pluming, blooming and pluming, okay. And she said that they okay. actually have really, really cute merch. So even if you're not a coffee person, but you're a merch person, I already see Asante clicking and clacking on his computer. Well, damn, friend. <laughs> I always know when I see your elbow lift up, I'm like, he's he's ordering. I'm going to move my damn keyboard. <laughs> but if you're interested, it's at 1638 West Temple Street. The hours are from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. And the website is bloomandplumecoffee.com. That's B-L-O-O-M 
A-N-D-P-L-U-M-E-C-O-F-F-E-E.com. I love it because I went on their Instagram, which is also Bloom and Plume Coffee. And it says, mm-hmm. thirst come, thirst served, which I think is just super cute. So thank you, Ashley. Once again, that's Bloom and Plume Coffee in Los Angeles. I will actually be there next weekend. All right. Hey. So I might stop through and check it out. I'm going to finally get some sun. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. It's wonderful because I literally got back yesterday from L.A. Did you just um, stand in the sun? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did I, at one point, I was riding in a convertible. Oh, okay? come going on. Down the, going down the street. And at that point, I wasn't enjoying the sidewalk. I was enjoying the street. And <laughs> I, uh, I just, I just, I promise you, the weather was perfect. The music was so loud that it was calming. And I just, it was oh. an amazing experience. So I can't wait for you to get a piece of the action next week. I'm so, like, I just. And I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to LaTroy. Shout out to Mr. L. Davis. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to Dino. Shout out to Sean Ross. Shout crew. out to everybody. Yes. Shout out to L.A. <laughs> I'm excited. I just, I actually just got back on a, it was my first flight of of over (laughs) a year, which is why my English is bad today because it's like I can't even function. (laughs) I was supposed to land at 9 a.m. this morning. I was telling the guys, you know, I purposely got the earliest flight I could to come back in time for us to record. And as we are descending, the pilot was like, actually, folks, (laughs) sorry to break it to you, but we are not descending because LaGuardia is not letting us land. And we had to reroute to Baltimore because of fog and low visibility. It was too dangerous. So we pulled up in a whole different city. And the man next to me that was knocked the fuck out the whole time was so confused (laughs) when he woke up. (laughs) He said, motherfucker, what? (laughs) He was so confused (laughs) when she announced Baltimore. And it's funny because the flight attendant knew he was going to be confused. And she took such pleasure in saying we were in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Like you could tell this was going to make her day (laughs) to see his facial expression. But it was a very long morning. So... Um, I have a really great conversation planned, and I just pray that it sounds like a great conversation today, considering how jumbled I feel. Um, but we here, friend, right? Y'all gonna help me out. Y'all gonna help me out today. So let's jump into last week's episode, a recap segment. Our episode titled "Blue Goo," thanks to Asante. It was a shoot the shit <laughs> episode. No hot button, no segments, just whatever came up. And as always, those of you listening had a lot to say. Who stood out to you, Asante? Well, first and foremost, thank you to everybody that hit me up and asked me what I even got that from or why, because I totally forgot to even mention the name of the show. But the show is called The Orville. It's on, It was a uh, Fox show, and it's on um, Hulu. A lot of people were like, what the hell were you watching? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And there were a couple of people that actually knew what I was talking about. So I just wanted to generally say it was called Orville, because I just... I just, I don't know why I watched, okay? You know Hulu sometimes when you're done watching something, it'll start playing something new right after. Right, so that's which just, I love. Like, like, that's just what happened. It wasn't like I selected this. So that's why the blue goo was Wow, so it went week. from a suggested video and then it turned into someone, okay, it, wow. It, yes, yes, that was just <laughs> how it happened to me. I don't think I made it clear last week. I think y'all thought that I was just like, yeah, I'm going to watch this show and there's this blue goo alien set stuff happening. It was like, it did not happen that way. That's not, like, I was bamboozled and y'all got bamboozled. So I was returning the favor. <laughs> I just wanted to make that clear. That's all I had. What about you, friend? What did you find? 
Oh my God. First of all, y'all are so funny at the conversation about uh, the house I was looking at that was across the street from the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) I've never laughed so hard at all of your messages. Uh, Brittany Post on SoundCloud said, don't be scared of the cemetery, friend. Get on headstone cleaning TikTok. Are y'all hearing? This? What is what headstone is that? cleaning Hold on. TikTok? Let me let me explain. So it's she says it's a really sweet way of paying respects to the dead. I already know how no, Dustin no. is going to react. No. <laughs> she, no. she said, but hey, you may find a new hobby. So when I read no. this comment, uh, hobby. <laughs> no. Wait, wait, wait. I read nope. this comment. I said, what is headstone cleaning TikTok? I had to Google it, and so this is what I pulled up. There's a woman by the name of Alicia Mm. Williams, a Virginia woman who apparently was going through a difficult divorce and started cleaning old tombstones as therapy. Then she started doing it on TikTok and it became a challenge. It's gone viral. Look, you can see this picture. This is the young woman. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She looked like, yeah. (laughs) She said on the heels of a ghastly divorce, Virginia native Alicia Williams found inner peace tidying up the tombstones of those resting in peace. And now she's found herself to be a TikTok sensation. I was in the middle of an incredibly high conflict divorce and I had to adjust to sharing custody of my children. Williams explains I needed an outlet and she turned her pain into fame. The stay at home mom turned social media megastar has amassed. Are y'all ready? A TikTok following of one point one million subscribers since October. Captivating. I'm not surprised. You literally get famous on TikTok for doing anything. (laughs) So go ahead. Captivating cyberspace with her headstone scraping and scrubbing. So apparently what she does is she does those time lapses of the cleaning Mm -hmm. journey. So you get the before and after. I've literally been watching. I've been watching them (laughs) since you mentioned because I had to find. I was like, "What even are you talking about? Like, what does that mean?" Fascinating to me, though. Okay, I was like, when when I read the comment by Brittany, I was like, "Cleaning, you know, because TikTok is 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 an interesting place. You really find something for everyone." And I was not. Now we know why he was divorcing her. Stop it. So I must. I'll say this right (laughs) because I'm all about paying my respects. But friend, you don't need to be up in no cemetery doing this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can I can appreciate because I'm looking at how dirty a lot of these are, and you know, like the family ain't gonna come and do this. So it's like, if yes, you some, they are. And if I if I if you if that was my motherfucking relative, if you look at and the I dates, roll up and you scrubbing them, if I'm you look at the dates on somebody, well, well, I did wonder relative, that. Like, would a family find that cool? Like, you're basically maintaining. Your family's tombstone, or would they find that disrespectful? But some of these people, their family might not have been there. Because I'm looking at the dates on a lot of these tombstones, like the tombstones, and they they old. Like, I see 15, 27, 18, something, 19, oh, something. I'm like, shit. what? What? Well, it was 1927. I misread that I was going to say 1527. But, I, but ain't, ain't nobody recently, like, ain't nobody from, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Like, I feel like somebody would notice you. They'd be like, what is going on? Like, why are you there? So it's, if she's cleaning off people's that, you know... I guess people ain't visiting or what, just making it all look nice. So, you know, your relatives can feel, you know, at peace around some clean tombstones. There's something to that. I mean, but friend, you don't need to be. I, you know, I don't think I would do that, but I find it very <laughs> cool that there are people who do. And I have to shout out Jory, okay? It's Jory Jackson on Twitter said, The spirits across the street when Hey Fran Hey moves into her house. 
Exactly. So you go over there with a with a toilet brush and a wet rag if you want to and see what happens. Uh, I'm crying. Y'all are I mean, so I'm here. Funny. I'm only here for it because I'm seeing the before and after. It's like like that these needed it. <laughs> like these the ones that need it. Like she she ain't just picking off some leaves or nothing. She's like power scrubbing and power washing everything. <laughs> like if you watch some of this dirt, because some of these things are like red and brown, and then she cleans them and they're like white. Like I'm like, wow. I yeah, just... that's what they were saying. That the the afters are so like shocking. Like she does an incredible job. Cause like you said, these are really old tombstones that probably haven't been touched in hundreds of years. So She's awesome. cleaning off something from the late 1700s. Wow. But also, is that safe? I don't know. Okay. It was run by various African-American churches. In the, Okay, hold on. I'm going I'm to close this. I'm sorry. See, yeah, look, that was she interesting got friend. you. Cyber sensation, Alicia Williams. I got to go delete this from my YouTube history because now it's going to recommend some <laughs> graves cleanings and I just I can't do all that. I can't. So y'all ready to jump into? Oh, wait, no. Dustin, you have to read us what you found on the Twitter streets. Yeah, I guess I do, but I don't even want to know more than that scrubbing <laughs> headstones and shit. But I tell you, it would be it would be suds and, and buckets of water everywhere if I catch your ass on one of my relative tombstones. <laughs> and I'm already grieving, trying to make it through the day and, and and go through this moment. And I see your ass with some fabuloso. But dude, people were I'm sending me pictures up. of like church, like churches holding sessions at cemeteries and you saw people using the tombstones to lean back on with like their pillows. And I was like, is that offensive? I know LA has the theater where you can watch movies and people sit on tombstones and lean on them, have picnics and stuff. So, you know, I think maybe we take it a little more serious than everybody else. Talking about the terror squad. I know they said, they, they the one said lean back, but I know that's the kind of terror they was talking about. Okay. Uh-huh. Far as my tweets or whatever, you know what I'm saying? If we just got to do it. Um, Alicia Keys, shout out to Alicia Keys, who responded to a tweet from Complex uh, that said 17 years ago today on March 23rd, 2004, Usher released his fourth studio album, Confessions. What are your top three songs? Alicia Keys quoted the tweet and said, number one, my boo. Number two, my boo. Number three, my boo. My boo. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Do you remember, boy? I thought that that was hilarious. Um, I also would like to give a shout out to just one second. Um, at Carolinas underscore 94, Tyrone Bryant, who said not everybody got Megan's knees and it accompanied it with a video of a woman who broke it down a little bit too far in the club and ended up falling backwards. I'm showing the video to Fran and Asante so they can see her. She's up, she's up, she's up, she's back, she's oh. down. And she's oh. down. She's oh. down on the ground. Everybody's coming to her Damn. aid and she's back up with assistance. So yeah, <laughs> wow. I thought that was funny. Not I know you guys would enjoy that. I'm definitely going to retweet it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely going to retweet it for you. And then I also would like to give a shout out to at Greg Greatness, Mr. Greatness on Twitter. Um, I said to whom it may concern the Isley brothers uh, with versus uh announcing their upcoming shows one of which being the april 4th showdown between the isley brothers and earth wind this and fire so i tweeted to whom may concern the isley brothers mr greatness followed it up with a great suggestion he said mary j blige versus faith so that people mm. can once and for all see that faith ain't on mary's level although i do still love faith 
Could not have written a better tweet myself. I agree 100%. And even though Faith's arms are far too short to box with God in this case, I would like to see her get her ass whooped. Even though I love Faith, you know what I'm saying, and I love her music, I'm tired of the comparisons. And mm. that is it for my tweets. Hey. So y'all ready to jump into this week's conversation? Oh, oh yeah. Like yeah. I said, I'm going to need y'all's help. So please let me have your whole mind today because mine is withering away slowly. Okay. Let's do this. So the conversation I wanted to have today is about compromises versus sacrifices. I'm talking about in relationships, in business, in family, in friendships. What uh, inspired this conversation, I was having a, a, a talk with a friend who is in a relationship, a serious relationship, and they're starting to discuss kids Asante's making a face already. They're starting to discuss kids <laughs> and marriage. And they got into a bit of a tiff because uh, she is religious. She comes from a very, very Catholic family. And it is very important to her that the family goes to church every Sunday. That was one of her requirements. But he is not a church person. And so he's like, I don't want to feel like I have to go to church every Sunday because that's something that means something to you, but it doesn't necessarily mean something to me. And she was like, but I want our kids to have that type of structure. And it's funny because I was watching um, Married at First Sight. Have y'all watched that show? It is horribly amazing <laughs> i have been hooked i see all the talk about oh, it i see everyone my talking God. Jada next i just have not started actually yeah. i would love for us to start it so that we can talk about it at some point and make an episode because it is just too much but in that in season 12 there's a similar couple that's having that was having a similar conversation about their requirements for their family and the the husband is the one that was like Religion is important to me. Like, I grew up in it. I need that structure. I need to know that my kids are going to church every Sunday, Bible school, the whole nine. And she was like, but I don't want my kids to do something that they're being forced to do. What if they don't feel called to that? Why would I make them go to church if that's not what they feel? And I want my kids to do what they feel. And I know for me growing up, I've, I've mentioned before on the show that my household was full of a lot of denominations. <laughs> we had Jehovah's mm -hmm. Witness, two of my uncles. Um, my grandmother was Catholic. My grandfather was Seventh-day Adventist. My mom was just floating in the air. <laughs> and, and everybody kind of... And my mom, the cool thing is she never told me to pick. She was always like, I think you should go to everybody's church and see which one you like. See which one, you know, calls you in, draws your attention, and makes you want to come back next week. And I was like, cool, I'll try that. To me, it was fun, especially as a kid. So I went to everyone's church. And truth be told, I didn't really feel called to any of them. So I just mm -hmm. never went back. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, I remember going to a Baptist church in college, which I loved because of the music. <laughs> mm -hmm. They be jamming. They be the jamming. music is really what sold me. So I started to learn what are the things that draws me in in those different communities. You know, it's like I think what didn't pull me in with the Catholic church was that I didn't know what they were saying. You know, like yeah. 
Then I've gone to the more millennial churches where like the conversations are a little more practical, like relatable. Hill song. Right, Hill song. <laughs> <laughs> the the church one church LA and shit. Yeah. All the like scene churches, you know what I Bucket mean? Church. Where the pastor has on Jordan ones and like a jean right, jacket. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like it's it, there's levels to it. But I think what I found interesting is that that I've been lucky to never have had anyone hovering over me trying to pull me in any one direction. So I started thinking about my friends and even the, the married at first sight and how many times in your life <laughs> you've tried to make a dynamic work, whether in a relationship, in business, um, and even in friendship and family, where you had to sacrifice something <laughs> of yours because I imagine in the conversation with my friend either her or her partner if they choose to stay together they're gonna have to sacrifice something one of them is gonna sacrifice something that's important to them whether it's her uh putting religion to the back burner to please him or him putting religion to the forefront to please her and either way there's going to be a withering away of one of them you know, on, the, mm-hmm. on an internal level, which I think is mm-hmm. so interesting that people are willing to do that, to stay in dynamics. So it made me curious to bring that conversation to the table. We'll start with relationships, because for me, I actually seen this a lot more in business. But we'll start with relationships just because I think that that's like an easier one to tap into. But have you guys ever found yourself in a dynamic where you had to compromise on something? <laughs> that you were not necessarily too fond of or something that meant a lot to you, but you did it for the sake of peace and for the sake of shit just being okay. Is that something you've ever experienced or are you just like, hell no, not an option? Well, I think everybody here here that, you know, knows what we're talking about knows my answer is no. (laughs) But beyond that, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) You do find yourself at a crossroads sometimes in... Um, your decision making and in your choices when you're in a relationship when it comes to creating an environment that is welcoming and comfortable for both people or however many people are involved because you know people do what they want nowadays right. <laughs> so but but you know what I'm saying you do have to uh damn no pun intended but you do have to bend a little bit you know what I'm saying <laughs> in order to kind of facilitate that environment you know and everybody has their boundaries you know how far is too far God, I just can't stop, can I? <laughs> but I guess you know, you know how far is too far or whatever, what you're willing to go through and experience or how much of a level of discomfort you're willing to put yourself at risk for. But that line can get very blurred quickly um, because it's very easy to be blinded by your intention or your pursuit of happiness in a relationship. And you might not realize how deep or how large of a sacrifice you are making um in that situation so it's something you have to be mindful of and keenly aware of um you kind of have to see through your 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 fog or haze of happiness and kind of identify the circumstances and behaviors for what they are um so yeah it's a, you know it's a slippery slope <laughs> asante any thoughts short answer <clears throat> short answer for me is yes um i've always i don't know what it is because i don't look at it as or i i for a long time, I didn't see negatives in some of the ways I was just freely compromising or just trying to appease another person. 
Because a lot of things I feel like, especially in relationships, if they mean a lot to you, you know, that's why you're bringing them to me. But then there'd be those times where it's like, well, this means a lot to you, but now this is affecting me. Right. So how do I, you know, how do I give you what you want without it affecting me? But a lot of the time, I think because from a very long, a very young age, I figured or found out or was taught um, you can't always get what you want. So in certain times in relationships, I am willing to bend and be like, all right, well, I can either let you have your way or, you know, let you have your way for a period of time to appease you. But some of those actions I I struggle with because I don't I never want to seem selfish, but it's but in actuality, everything you do as a person is selfish. And I think it's hard for me to deal with that at times, which is why I think I give in and I appease others a lot. And so in relationships, I like, I'll compromise. I'm like, you know what? I want peace in this because I want this to be a thing that works. So I'm going to sacrifice this piece of myself to make this work or whatever. I get stuck in that dynamic sometimes. Well, yeah, I used to I'm- get stuck in that dynamic. And remember when the episode we had called uh, Good Kid, Mad City, where we talked about being Mm -hmm. raised as the quote unquote good kid, how detrimental Mm -hmm. that is to your future relationships. That kind of tied in with this really well, because a lot of the stories, you know, of course, I fell down a rabbit hole on like marriage counseling websites and forums and therapy websites and uh, counseling sessions where people were sharing their stories and challenges within marriage and relationship dynamics. And a lot of people were saying that their people-pleasing nature allowed them to always be the one that compromises or sacrifices, you know, and, the, and how there's that imbalance where there's usually that one person in the relationship that set, that's setting the rules, basically, and the other person is just, like, compliant. And, of course, if you're that kid that was raised to shut up and do as you're told, it's kind of easier to fall into that position um, funny enough, I mean, I don't know that I was like a super compliant kid. I think I was still pretty outspoken in certain ways. But I have found in relationships that I'm the one that doesn't always budge or bend. And even now, um, having taken those four years to be by myself and, you know, everyone knows like I had abstained and really built that solid relationship with myself, kind of knowing like, what do you like? Who are you outside of other people? What are your needs? What do you want to feel? Once you build that understanding, it actually feels hard (laughs) to combine with someone else because you're so set on who you are as a person now. Whereas when I was younger, I feel like I was a little more malleable, you know, like because I was still Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. So I was, you know, dating different people and, and learning their ways, seeing what fits, seeing what didn't kind of trying on different identities and personalities through these relationships to get closer to what felt like me. And now that I do feel like me, (laughs) being in a relationship, you know, even having that conversation with my friend where she's expecting her partner to bend to her will just felt so off to me because I can't imagine at this point in my life doing that for anybody. Um, And it made me wonder if... People are getting into relationships before having these conversations and and developing that understanding of where they align. Like, we're not at a point anymore where you can just date someone because they're cute. (laughs) I mean, you can. Right. But if you're trying to build families and have kids and have like a more long term, you know, situation at hand, 
him being cute or dressing cool or whatever it is that that especially we, important. No, I'm just kidding. You know the things that we tend to look at, like that's no longer They're only eighty percent of our concern, <laughs> right? Like, and so when I hear people trying to bend each other's will, it just makes me wonder, like, are you even with the right person? Because you're more you're so focused on them changing as opposed yeah. to really asking yourself, am I with the person that is in alignment to my needs? Is it a fit? Is it See, a fit? You're touching yeah. on something really important here. And that's why, like, at the end of my statement, I was like, why well, use a dynamic I used to get trapped in a lot of mm-hmm. because I think some of the signs I start to see when it's like, oh, you're like, are you intentionally like trying to make me bend or is this right. something that you've never. So, like, I start having those conversations with myself ahead of time, which makes me kind of wonder because, you know, that good kid, Mad City episode like that actually when you uh, brought this topic to us that was the first thing that I thought about and I didn't want to say off bat I, I don't want to sound like a broken record but so I'm glad you no yeah because it's a big but connection when you hit that thread on that episode like you hit a lot of things for me that came full circle and so this comes back to me full circle even in this conversation because I always think to myself like I can think of an example in every category that you're gonna bring up where I've just I've compromised just because mm-hmm. I learned at a young age, like you're supposed to compromise. So I just compromise like, and it's not even a big issue, but then I see in certain dynamics or I have seen in certain dynamics in my relationships where that's been toxic. So now I ask myself like, or I'll say to myself, you know, you'll, you'll compromise, but then I'll be like, well, are you supposed to make those types of compromises? So, you know how like there's those levels to it. I'll look at that early on versus just knowing like, oh, this person doesn't bend. I'll be like, oh, they they do bend, but only on certain things, like kind of taking inventory of where a person might may or may not be aware of their uh, capability to do such. I ain't changing shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the that's the <clears throat> thing I'm learning so much about myself, which is what's so great. Like you spend the time by yourself and there's but so much you can learn on your own. And then it's like the next developmental phase is applying all that you've learned to a dynamic, which is where I'm at now. And I find myself, you know, still wanting to to have my ground, you know, stay like centered in who I am. But it's it'll pop up in like the dumbest things, you know, like like, for example, my partner, uh, he likes movies that I find to be like frat boy movie. Like, that's why I call it like frat boy comedy, like The Office, like, you yes. know, Parks and Recs and V. <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> like, he the likes classics. those. Like, he basically likes movies that, what's that guy's name with the white dude with the curly hair that's in all those movies? The older white guy. Rachel Dozon. <laughs> Jason Bateman or. Uh... The, you know who I'm talking uh, about. Ha, oh, man. Yeah, one of and them. And he played like the Santa, the goofy Santa, and he's always like in all those movies. I know you know who I'm talking um, about. Shit. Billy Bob Thornton. <laughs> Well, Billy Bob Thornton no, that was did. Bad sound, no, right? he did. <laughs> Billy Bob Thornton did play in that one. But John Candy, no. Chris uh, Farley, Steve Carell. You're close. Well, that's Will Ferrell. Will, Will Ferrell. Thank you. Will Ferrell. Like he likes Will that type Ferrell. of shit. And to be honest, that's not my my uh, sense of humor. And when you read the marriage counseling sites, it says like. You should, you know, if your partner likes something, you should sit and watch it. But I tell my partner, I'm not going to sit here and watch that shit. Like, it's just not (laughs) funny to me. (laughs) I'm like, it's so goofy. I'm going to sit there and be on my phone. Then you're going to be mad that I'm not paying attention. So it's like, why do this? Why should I do this? And it's funny because it's like, 
And then, you know, it shows up with him where, like, I love home decor, so everything for me is so serious. <laughs> he wanted to get these these boxes for his sneakers, but they were ugly. And I was like, I don't want those. I know you did that. And then he had, like, two different types of boxes. I was like, but they don't even match. It was, like, two different uglies. And I'm like, this is overwhelming my nervous system. And he was like, why is it that serious? It's fucking shoe boxes. So it's like it's funny the ways that our personalities show up and what we're like because this is what I told him was I think at the end of the day we each have to be okay with the other person just being who they are because I think where and I'm not a, a therapist by any means but I think where my friends and her partner are hitting the wall is that she's so hyper focused on her partner being like her you know as opposed to saying church is for me and it doesn't have to be for you and we can have our individual lifestyles and personalities where not everything has to be the both of us have your church community have your friends that go with you to church at least that's my opinion you know i think yeah but church people are controlling well I, so they're not gonna have that pov they damn it you gotta go in my way or, or the, the high, highway literally the highway to hell to be specific <laughs> You know, and I think that that to me is because I have seen couples that are very different, like complete opposites. And it works. But I feel like it only works when people leave each other the fuck alone. So what's what works for my partner is when he wants to watch those movies, he knows to not ask me to watch it. He's going to watch it because he's his own person and he can watch a movie alone. He's not three years old. You know what I mean? And like that's the the common ground that we found. Damn, friends. So you ain't going to watch no natural <laughs> No natural lampoons, friend. You ain't gonna watch. No, you ain't gonna watch the good place. You ain't gonna watch nothing. The door is closed. Like, and when I want to watch my fucking documentaries, which actually he does watch them with me, so it's like, see, but that's what I mean. I'm the rigid. I I know that I'm the more rigid one, and that's why it's so funny because you really see yourself. You're like, whoa, it's interesting what I'm willing to bend on and what I'm like a hard no on and it's the dumbest shit sometimes like the shoe boxes i was like no no i don't want those those are ugly and i said to him if home decor doesn't matter to you then let me have it let me be the psycho over home decor let like let me have it and 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 then he was and then he made a good point he was like but if it's my closet why does it matter to you so much what it looks like why can't my closet look like me and that's what i had to be like See, Waking up in the morning. But it's true. See, friend, like, why do we do like, that? What if, but what if you know when you're watching stuff with him? It's not that you're you have to be interested in what he's watching. What if you're watching because you're interested in why he's watching? Like you, you know what I'm saying? Asante, like, what if, you know that that is a lie. <laughs> Those shows I mean, are so well, terrible. I cannot. Well, because sometimes. Well, yeah. Okay, you know, I know that there can be you know choice programming, right? Because sometimes. I'll be with someone, they'll want to watch them, and I'll be like, I all I do is watch stuff, so I'm not gonna make myself watch what you wanna watch right. and I don't wanna watch it. So I have to I have to check myself at times and be like, okay, well, you know what? Since I do watch stuff and some stuff I watch, people might be like, damn, that's dumb. Let me at least watch one or two to see why the hell you watching this or what you think about this is funny. And if you watching with him and he laughing at parts and you're like, all right, like why are you laughing at that? Or if you kind of be like, all right, I can see why that's funny. Like Maybe you just need to level a little bit sometimes. Listen, no. but I... You, this, here's you just the said thing. Hell no. no, no, no. <laughs> but I, it's 
not that I come out the blue and I'm just like, oh, I hate these movies. It's that it's how right. many times I have sat through them that has uh, let me know. Okay, that's different. This is not funny to me. It's I don't want to watch forty year old version. I don't. I don't. I just. It's not funny to me. Like I yeah, can't no, do that's it. Different. And then I sit there and and he gets annoyed because then I'm sitting there like completely disassociated. <laughs> I'm thinking about what work I have next week in order to survive the two hour movie. You know what I mean? Like, it's just better for everyone. And obviously, this is playful. Yeah, this is more playful, like, you know, movies, shoeboxes. But the bigger conversations, even about like marriage and kids and religion and just those types of expectations, do you guys feel that you would be able to be with someone? that does not have the same lifestyle interests that you have would you make them bend when it comes to, go ahead when it comes to well we gay so we gonna make them bend anyway, <laughs> when it comes to um and also there's that means that there's a conversation about sex that has to be had some you know and sometimes you don't have to have it because you can already tell what time it is but sometimes you got to talk it out to figure out you know what i'm saying which way is up so <laughs> Uh, you know, we really be waking up in the morning thinking about so many things. <laughs> and so, you know, there's a conversation. There's a bit of a, of a dialogue that has to take place. But, um, you know, other things I don't think is healthy to compromise. I think that that is what makes it so special when you find someone who is a perfect match. Right. Because there are, um, you know, small things or nuances to your personality or to theirs that just go to the fuck together. And sometimes, you know, opposites attract and that maybe you're completely different from a person, but for some reason it just works works. because even though it's different from you, it still works. So it's a, it's a balancing act that has to take place there. And that's what makes a real true love special like that. Agreed. And Mm -hmm. I, and I do think the alignment piece is big. I think that's the main thing that, is working for me now and is different is like I'm not trying to change nobody no one's trying to change me you know we bicker about like silly things like that but for the most part in the grand scheme of things there's an understanding that there's a lot of alignment between our values our goals our interests and what we both want out of even being in a dynamic and so there's no like I need you to do this to make me happy there's none of that. It's like, I'm this, <laughs> and you're that, and does it fit, and does it work? And and that's the only reason that it's even an option, because there is no other that's option. That's what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> Just, <laughs> but here's another I'm thing. I'm this, and you're that. So does this... I can't. Asante, you want to say something? I... I think that one thing that does have to be pointed out, though, right? Because you and Dustin, you're so, like set yes there has to be some sort of like you are you're set right because you know now that we dial back that the reason that you ain't watching is because you watched a million times <laughs> when you're set it's like you're set because you know like you have an understanding already of what works and what doesn't and so you already know this ain't gonna work you've because you watched a million times you already know this shoebox <laughs> ain't gonna work not because they don't look like but because if they look like this they probably not gonna work for long you know right. you already know like it's tried true and tested exactly so for someone like me who just likes trying new things all the damn time, like you have to be able, I have to be with someone that's going to be willing to bend because 
I know people that don't want to bend, so it's like we're gonna try something like I, I'm not eating that because I already know that I don't like trying new <laughs> shit, or I know how it's gonna taste, right, or right. or you know I already know my diet. I don't know how this is gonna affect. Like there are reasons that everybody has their things. So I'm the type of person that I have to go into things. Not that I have to go in knowing I have to bend, but I always have to give people room for what's going on, and I need to know that they're gonna allow me the same whether they bend or they don't. Whether they're like, you know, I'm not going to bend on this, but I know that this is something that's important to you. So I at least, not that they have, even have to consider it, but I at least respect the fact that, you know, this is how you are. So I just always need to be sure, or at least, uh, I always have to have some security in the fact, because I feel like, you know, life is about change. Yeah. And I'm not trying to change, we're not trying to change each other, but naturally we are going to change and evolve. And hopefully that's going to be towards each other. And like you said, it is about alignment. So you not bending like it shouldn't be as much of a, a be like damn like do i want to bend as much of it is like all right well i know i'm bending on this now i'm bending on that so like <laughs> let me you know not that you need to get to the root of it but like what is it really about so you can be like babe you know i'm not gonna watch this with you because i've seen it <laughs> 10 trillion times and, and you know it's trash. one more time ain't gonna make it funny <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's just simple as that so once you kind of at least i, I don't want to say see the science but it's almost like an equation sometimes when you look and you're like oh well here's the problem and here's how we can either change the answer to make it this or you know here's how we can get to the answer so that's what i've learned so far in my wholeness and you know i don't want to say in relationships because that's what i've learned in wholeness i mean but hey that's <laughs> really valuable information but i'm I mean, actually it's, it's glad be... you said that because that's where growth mindset comes in you know and and that's mm -hmm. another thing that i think i am experiencing as well where i can be rigid like here's another example i'm not someone that is very family oriented like, you know how you have some people... I feel like both of you guys are very family-oriented. Like, you have your siblings, your parents. You love being around your family. I don't have any siblings. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've, I have had, like, a really weird relationship with both my parents. My family, like, my larger family, I'm not very close to. You know, they, I've always kind of felt off from family, and it's always been it. a lot of drama. And just, you guys know my story, which... It's just, no it's, yeah, it's just been a lot of really strange, dark things that have kind of pulled me away from being interested in family because it's never felt safe. It's never felt mm -hmm. nurturing. It's never felt loving or warm. Um, and I just have had a lot of personal, emotional issues. So that is very interesting when you're dating someone who is one of eight children <laughs> mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. has all these nephews they you know he's constantly flying back for birthdays and facetiming them all day and you know and he's loves his family talks to his mom daily always calling his grandma mm -hmm. and so we got into a convo one day where he was like it it hurts my feelings that you i don't see you making an effort to like integrate into what family means to me. Like, you know, you don't call my mom or if he FaceTimes his grandma, I think he expects me to kind of jump in like, hey, grandma, <laughs> you know, and it's like, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm, we had to have mm -hmm. that combo, which is very real, that we have very different views of family because we've had very different experiences. But here's where I had to be the growth mindset because family is a beautiful thing. I just haven't had a great experience with it. So the rigidity that I've built is trauma-based. It's a trauma response right. because I've had to protect myself from family. Whereas he's right. had a very different experience, a very blessed experience. I mean, he's had his own issues as well, but for the most part, he still has the heart for it. And so 
that's kind of ties into what Asante was saying, where you have to kind of dig deep into like, why is this like this? And is there space for me to modify those feelings? So that's why this past weekend, you know, I was <laughs> visiting <laughs> to kind of integrate myself more into that ah! family. Yeah, because it's like, if I'm going to... Bless gonna, your heart. Right, literally bless my heart. Because yeah, I'm like... Making an effort, though, serious. I have to make yes. an effort, you know? I, I was like, I'm going to be around the family and spend that type of energy. And <clears throat> it actually was very softening for my heart. You know, because it's like, this is what family really feels like. And I haven't had that opportunity. And I realized that that rigidity is is not going to help me thrive in any way, especially if I want to move forward to create my own. The only way that I can create my own in a healthy way (laughs) is to open up my heart to it in the first place. You know, and remember, I was always the one that was like, I'm not getting married. I'm not having kids. Just very like, nope, that's what it is. But that was trauma based as well, you know, and so those are the things that are starting to kind of change. And I remember we had an episode that we lost, remember, and we had a good conversation about, oh yeah, which broke my yes, heart. Yes, we had yes, such yes, a good yes. segment Damn. about what do you do when you fall in love with someone, but they want to be married with kids and you don't, you know, you leave their ass. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what was funny because we had to have that convo because he's like, I want to be married and I want to have kids with you. And I was like, well, I don't believe in marriage and I don't want kids. You're going to have a common law, huh? And like, how do we do that? And it's like, we have to be uh, realistic and realize that our lives do not align because you could love someone till you're blue in the face. But what are you going to do? Sacrifice someone's going to not have a kid because of you? Like, or have a kid because of you and then be resentful? You know, and I was actually reading in one of the marriage, um, actually it was on Medium. Let me pull it up really quick because I thought it was such an interesting story. Uh, It's an article called Sacrifice vs. Compromise by Meredith Hendricks. And she was sharing, she said, A few years ago I dated a guy who had vastly different spiritual views than mine. While I consider Mm. myself spiritual, I do not consider myself religious. And he was an every Sunday church going Baptist. (laughs) See? We dated for two years. Our religious spiritual differences always lurked in the background, leaving us feeling more separated than mutually understood. We discussed our differences at intervals throughout the course of our relationship, but never really found any true middle ground. At one point when we were both in a particularly loving space... He turned to me and told me he would forego having children in order to be with me. Children had been a sticking point in the conversation, but he was okay going to church by himself, but he was not okay with raising a family outside of his religious principles. I, on the other hand, could not abide with the idea of any child of mine enduring religious indoctrination of any sort. From this angle of the conversation... We had reached an impasse. Is it impasse or impasse? Impasse? Impasse. Impasse. So when he turned to me and offered to forget the idea of having children altogether in order to make our relationship work, I felt stunned, moved, and utterly horrified all at once. While neither of us was certain about the idea of children in the first place, I knew that that sort of sacrifice was not a compromise. I see compromises as win-win situations where both people come to see the issue from a broader perspective and then together form a solution that does not negate the beliefs or desires of either party. 
Sacrifice, on the other hand, involves giving up something truly important, often in order to make another person happy. And she mentioned how ultimately she could not bear that, you know, because it's like you're going to forego children. Like, that's a big decision. And even my partner wanting to be married, which is that was our point of contention, you know, because he wanted the fam, obviously his family. Like, he's like, I want them to Mm -hmm. see me. I want them to be there. He already wanted the dance. He had the dance in his head of like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. song. And I'm just like, wow, I'm not that person. I'm not the per I'm not. I'm not the girl that's gonna have the white dress coming down the aisle and the dance. You know, like No. If and I said to First him, of all, you're getting your wedding dress from free people. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no me. So I compromised, you know, after a while I was like, I had to tap into what are my issues with marriage. And a lot of that was trauma-based as well, you know? And it just really showed me how a lot of our decisions or what we feel to be our preferences or value systems or, you know, they're based on trauma a lot of the times. And it's really important to sit with that and be like, okay, why am I so rigid about this? Why am I so, like, where I can't bend what is making me hold on to this so strongly? And I know it's because I have not had the best uh, models of marriage. Yeah. You know, when you see all where it's mainly women doing all the sacrificing, there's that imbalance where we're raised to be the ones to bend to the man's will. I mean, we're considered the fucking rib. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> So that's what made me not interested in that. I was more interested in like being by myself you know, I grew up with a single mom. Obviously, that's going to mold my lens where she was just like, I'm about the coin. I'm about the bag. I'm working, mm-hmm. blah, you know, and I'm in a, you know, a very similar position where I've just been working. And that has kind of been my focus. But now I'm softening up. I'm getting older and I'm like, you know, what's wrong with celebrating your love with someone that really, really loves you so much? You know, I and so our compromise was like, I'll do a wedding, but it'll have to be like barefoot on a beach, <laughs> maybe a couple Fly. friends. Yeah, like nothing big and extravagant. Obviously, watching Marriage and Mortgage, I'm like, I hell no, I'm not spending fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> I'd rather that go to the mortgage, you know. But I say all that to say that while we do have to honor each other's boundaries and needs. I do think similar to what Asante was saying that it's important to really look into where those boundaries are coming from and whether they're actually useful or not if you're in a growth mindset. Because if and you're still protecting yourself, you know There you go right there. Yeah, if you're still Once you're in a protection mode, it's it's virtually impossible, it's impossible to stop thinking that way. The same hurt when it comes to every dynamic yeah, of your the life. The hurt that you're yeah. afraid to let in is also not letting the love in. So that's a decision that you have to make. And I feel like that's where this compromise and sacrifice theme, especially in my age group, where decisions are a little bit heavier right now, at least. I shouldn't even say that because there are people that feel this way in their 20s. You know, they get married early, have kids. Yeah, losers. Stop it. I'm just saying. I did not. I'm just joking. (laughs) But honestly, these conversations, you know, especially watching these shows like Married at First Sight, there's one couple, Paige and Chris, that have had me wanting to fight 
just so angry oh, at how she wiped her forehead when she said that. Like, so she meant like, that shit. She meant real. that. It just I ain't never seen Fran mad like that. <laughs> it is angering how much this woman is de- is willing to put up with under the guise of you know she's part of that like God wouldn't give me more than I can handle mentality and mm. I, I'm gonna stick with you. I'm gonna be unconditional and it's like okay, but where? When do you tap into how you feel and whether your needs are being met? Like, why is your life, which is what's scary, how women can be raised to believe that your needs are secondary to that of your husband. Whereas now the more progressive relationships, you know, my partner is the one that cooks. And we Mm -hmm. have an understanding, whoever cooks, the other person does the dishes, Whoever cleans, the other person does the laundry. Ain't no, like, you're the woman, you mm-hmm. take care of the house. It's like, we're both adults who both need help because we're very busy and we have a home to maintain. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Hell yeah. Like, you remember, you remember them restaurants I used to work in? I mean, you know, just to parlay into the business right quick, right? Yes, please. I hated, I remember I felt like what, I was making a sacrifice, you know, to have my bills paid, but once. That sacrifice, once I looked at it and I was like, oh, shit. I mean, or that compromise to have my bills paid. But once I looked at that compromise, I was like, oh, shit, we sacrificing life to work in this job. Like, I had to, <laughs> like, really too. take a step back. Because I remember, you know, all the times my old boss would be like, oh, y'all are just renting a booth. You know, you, you're just a waiter. You're a dime a dozen. Like, say shit like that. And I'm thinking to myself, well, like, damn, I'm here I am you know, not going to gigs or doing what I got to do to come be here so I can pay my bills, but also make sure that your shit running right. And you basically making it seem like I'm not doing shit. Like this ain't no compromise no more. Basically I am sacrificing my shit in my time. So fuck you. Like, and that's kind of how it was for a while from restaurant to restaurant. It's like, Oh, well I could go to a better restaurant if that's the case here. But since the story was always the same, I had to like look deeper. And then that's when, you know, this thread came along of the show thing got, And, you know, doing the work was a bigger conversation in my head. And so it was like, no, you know, finally I'm not going to bend on this because if I bend any longer, I actually might break. And so I had to take uh, inventory for myself and look at how I wasn't happy anymore because for a while I thought it was a compromise because I was getting money back. You know, I was going to work and I was being able to pay my bills. Yeah. But once you've taken my emotions from me and I'm worried about some white people that I don't even know like that, like, no, we have to get, like, we have to redirect and get out of here. Right. So when you first uh, mentioned this, all I could think about was all that PTSD from then, from like, because that was for real, like, you ain't shit, so, you know, you ain't got to be shit, so you're always going to sacrifice, so just be the sacrificial lamb. And it was like, nah, nigga, you ain't, you ain't no victim. Get up out of that. Let all this go. You're a whole human being. You could own a restaurant if you really want to, but you don't even care about this shit, so just get out of the industry. Like, I had to really look at all of those pieces and put them together to finally get back to back on track to where I want to be. That's real, and I love you pivoted into business because, I, for me, a lot of the issues I've had is, like, you don't want to be in conflict with brands. You know, you don't want to be in conflict with these agencies that kind of keep in mind who are the quote-unquote difficult people to work with Mm -hmm. and who are the good people to work with or the more easeful people to work with. But I've found that people who have found me difficult is because they were trying to jerk me in some way, and I didn't let them. And suddenly I'm the difficult ones because I have boundaries, because I know... What I what behaviors I will and won't accept. Like even this past weekend, this brand was expecting me to uh to do work over the weekend. <laughs> and, and you know it was so crazy. 
when they finally, because you know how when you send something on WeTransfer, you can see when they download it. They didn't even download it until the week they started. So it's like it's a very like you do that because I need to know that it's done. But mm-hmm. they still are very boundaried <laughs> when it comes to their work thing. And a lot of the time, especially when you're up and coming, you don't want you want to be in the good graces of these brands because you want to be able to work with them again. And so you allow yourself to kind of be treated a little shitty and and I even mentioned um, one company that they put me. It was an event. I had to go on Amtrak. I remember telling this story years ago. I remember this. She put mm-hmm. me on a 4 a.m. Amtrak to get back home because she was trying to save money. And I said, so you're going to sacrifice my safety as a woman jumping on Amtrak in a city that I'm not from. So I would be on a train from what? What would be that? Four to like 5.30 or 6 because it's about an hour and a half from D.C. No, how many? It's mm-hmm. four hours from D.C.? I don't remember. Yeah. It's four, three, three and some or four. Right, yeah, on Amtrak. Depending on what's on Amtrak, yeah, it might be local. is like, like two three hours. hours. Like yeah. two, three two hours. So me. Bottom line, it ain't happening at 4 a.m. And that's yeah, crazy that's that you would be okay with that as another woman at that. And she was trying to cut corners because obviously when you look, those are the cheaper trains because <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. wants to be on the train at four in the morning. But I, I remember like she probably ain't even wrote the Amtrak. And she would not be on that train. And I think that that to me was so eye opening because I remember thinking like, damn, this is jacked up, you know, but I felt like I couldn't really say anything. And I don't know why I felt that way. All that shit is trauma responses, obviously. But I, I remember speaking up and then I remembered me and her arguing and I hated that feeling because I'm the type that sometimes I'll back down just for the sake of my nervous system not being riled up. Like I was sometimes will just be like, I just don't want to deal with these feelings and I don't want to feel this way. So I'll back down. And I, mm-hmm. I do. I used to have that tendency. And I remember like kind of needing to start bucking up with a lot of these uh, situations, yeah, you need to speak up after a while because once you do it, then you can't go back. It's like once you're stretched, you can't unstretch. And when people ask me, oh, well, how do I, how do I gain that? I'm like, you just have to start. <laughs> like really, there's, it's like no turning back. You just have to buck up at someone one time, see how that feels in your body. And you'll see how it's like a remembering of like, oh, yeah, I have the right to do this. And I remember me and her straight up arguing. She tried to make me feel like I was a diva, like I was entitled, like I was being difficult, like I was asking for so much to just be on a train that would get me home safe at a time where other people would be on it. You know, severely unprofessional, severely. One of the. One of the things that I think about, too, is I'm thinking about how it's different sometimes when you're interacting with someone and not not that you're bucking up at them. But like, let's say you're in a situation where they've always done things a certain way and it might be wrong or they don't even realize it's wrong. I always can appreciate a moment where it's like you uh, kind of call it out and they uh, it's almost like they do all that work in that one instant. And they're like, oh, shit, this isn't right. And they fix it. Like, <laughs> right. it's almost like validation that you're not crazy because it sucks when you're in a situation where it's like uh this trains at 4 a.m and, and you want to speak up and you speak up and it's like it'd be it would have been amazing for her to be like oh i'm sorry you know what like that is wrong yeah you know, like you know what like, you're right 
and, and try to accommodate, especially because it's not like she's spending any of her money. I think it was like corporate money yeah. or something with that. So it's like, girl, like, what is the issue? And I think sometimes people don't take that full inventory in their moment when they're being bucked on to realize like why it is that they're being bucked on because they may have been bucked on sometimes and not realize like, well, what is even going on here? So I can, I can always appreciate a situation where it's like, oh, like uh, <clears throat> this is a check. Like, why is this a check? And it's like, oh, this is why this is a check. Well, let's let's make this a good situation for everybody. Like in business, it's so weird finding that spe- like in this creative space because there's so many people that I don't want to say they're trying to get over, but they well, just they they've done. <laughs> uh, well, some but some of them are getting over generally because they've done things wrong for so long. It's like, I mean, but no, like this don't do this. And they're like, well, this is how it's always working. It's like, I mean, I get that you've gotten away with this, but this is not how I mean, it may have worked for you, but we're not doing this. And then it's like nobody's going to compromise here, especially if I feel like you're wrong just because you feel like what's happened has tri- has worked for you is tried and true. It's difficult. So there, I, you brought up a lot of uh, more interesting topics here for my brain to process. Yeah, not wanting to be, you know, blacklisted in the industry either. Right. Which right. I think is the scary part. Like, I, I, <laughs> I remember reached out to me and at the end of the day, it was work they wanted me to do for free. And... Uh, which blew my mind. <laughs> and I had two other peers that had gotten hit up about the same thing. And they did it because they were like, yo, how do you say no to Like, what if blacklist you? And I'm like, what do you mean what if blacklist you? Like, they're asking us to do free work. Like, I I, I can't. I don't, I, it just, it felt so unfair to me, you know? And I, and I was the only one that felt comfortable turning it down because I just was like in disbelief, you know? But everyone else le- legit was shook, like, like, no, we can't. That's going to fuck up our whole shit. <laughs> like, you know, we won't ever get working. And I was like, listen, if I get blackballed because I am not willing to work for free for a company that clearly is doing well enough to pay me my rate, then so be it. Then it's not an industry I need to be a part of because this is just not how I move. I mean, Amen. the damn Ritz campaign, I made less then damn near everybody on it because I paid everyone out and made sure that everyone was paid out proper. You know, like that's just how that's my, good business though. Yeah, because that's, that's good how business, friend. That's how my mind works. I'm not gonna put myself first until I have to, especially if it's something that I'm creating and pulling people into. You know, so it's like I think there's a, a, a time and place for those for where you fit in that ecosystem. And I, and it just kind of blew my mind. And I hated that. Yeah. Like people were legit scared and that happens a lot to us with celebs. I had to do it last week yeah. uh, with an outlet that I would have loved to do something with. Uh, but I literally had to say no because it wasn't um, a paid opportunity. And that's not saying that I will turn down anything if it's not paid. No, Cause some sometimes things I it's will absolutely it. invest my time into in the causes that I believe in and things that I'm passionate about. And places where I can help I will absolutely you know invest myself and my time and my resources Mm -hmm. but this wasn't this didn't fall under that umbrella so I just had to say no dog you know and I felt even now I still feel a tinge of um uneasiness when I have to say no to things like that but I do it any damn way (laughs) (laughs) and I think that's what I want what I basically wanted to pull from this conversation you know so whether it's business whether it's in love, whether it's in family and relationships. Whether it's in the bedroom. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with, yes, you have to tap into, like, are my needs being met if I participate in this? 
but also making sure that your needs are coming from the heart and not from the wound because that's a lot of what will get in the way of you growing as well you know especially in this in these relationships i'm so thankful that my rigidity is being exposed daily you know and and it takes it's it's not easy it's not easy to admit that it's not easy to see that and it's not easy to understand that a lot of times when there are challenges it can be you <laughs> like it it can be you that's making it uh difficult and i and i i'm someone that i love that i'm like okay this is just where i have to pour more love into myself that's how i view it right, instead of right. instead of thinking it makes me you know flawed in some way it's just like more love has to be poured into this section more love baby and in business i'm glad you mentioned that dustin because you cannot be scared to say no to these people. Like, fuck being blacklisted. You're going to treat me the way that I deserve to be treated. You're going to pay me my rate. The only time I don't fully accept my rate is if it's a company that my heart tells me to do otherwise for. You know, and, and I leave my body and my intuition to pick who what those companies are. You know, like the, the journal from last week that she's now in Target. She didn't even ask me to post those the first time I did it. I did it because I was like, this is beautiful, and I want little girls to have access to these journals. That's it. It just came from the heart. And like I said last week, she came circled back when she did have the funding. That's just how life works. And so stay intuitive, stay healthy, boundaried. <laughs> mm. And mm-hmm. stay paid. <laughs> and stay paid. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day just make sure that your needs are being met both of you you know because this and like trina said or actually some more said it on trina's album she's like and every time you lay on your back (laughs) which that can be figurative not literal every time you lay on your back make sure your paper is stacked remember someone was like keep your nappy ass hair done do your motherfucking sit up and every time you lay on your back make sure your paper is stacked that's a mindset, a mm. mantra even. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much for joining me in this conversation today because it's Thank something you, that, friend. yeah, something I've been, it just feels like it's a theme right now. And I wanted to kind of tap into it, see if you guys were feeling it too. And also our listeners, especially seeing if you guys are battling these compromises versus sacrifices and finding that you're the one sacrificing a little too much, then why are you there? You know, why are you what there? What is you doing? What is you doing? Oh, why is you here? <laughs> Glow Millie shit. Kudos to you, though, Fran, for, you know, taking the chance to open up and visit the family. Because yes. that's really, it's hard for people, you know, because there are a lot of people out there that have very terrible family experiences. Man. And then they find the person that they feel like, you know, oh, I'm going to build a life with this person. And so then to integrate, like, that's a very challenging thing for you to reconnect with certain feelings or even build new thoughts around these new yeah emotions new and neural pathways get, so. yeah that it's like and i'm and so i'm thankful that I, I i put my big pants on and was like okay friend this is time for you to tap into why this is feeling this way and even like just the last thing you know we were talking about uh where we're the city we're moving to we had to talk about family coming over when they visit the whole family coming to stay in the house <laughs> and my heart started beating fast because <laughs> I was like, no. I ain't standing across the street from the cemetery. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just so interesting, you know, like I think just seeing how your body reacts to things. And it's like, this is beautiful. It's family. And I'm over here panicking, getting sweaty. Like, no, I don't want them staying at the house. He was like, yo, what is wrong with you? (laughs) 
And I'm like, you know, a little wounded dog. Like, no, <laughs> close the door, lock the door. And then you thought about it, you was like, oh, my bad dog. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was tripping. Yeah, you look good. at yourself like, woo, child, all right. So, <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. And that's it. Those of you listening, I would love to hear your thoughts and where you're at in this conversation. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. So let's bring in the wind chimes. (laughs) So last week I mentioned that I wanted to have an esthetician, a licensed esthetician to come in. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And talk to us about mask knee because a lot of you have been emailing me, messaging me, asking if I had any tips. Y'all know I only like to share what I use if it's something that's happening to me. I like Mm -hmm. firsthand experience because I'm not licensed, but it's best to have someone who is licensed who can tell you exactly what to do and exactly what is happening. So I was lucky because I, you know, put it out there. And then Sean Garrett and I connected. Not Sean Garrett. Don't start with me, y'all. Not (laughs) Sean Garrett, the singer-songwriter. Not the pen, the epic pen. I was about to say, we should move on to the Music Man segment, huh? (laughs) <laughs> this is Sean Garrett's skin the golden face that yes. I know y'all see on your Twitter feed every time I see you I'm like my goodness perfection I uh, mean perfection <laughs> so I'm very excited to have you on welcome Sean Garrett to the friend zone yes Hi, thank you beaming like the golden child we're blessed like, right it is nigga your like, skin just wow. like pearls what's going on <laughs> So please, before we get started, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, what got you into skin in the first place? Yeah, so I've always kind of been like obsessed with like beauty, skincare. I grew up in a very beauty conscious kind of family. Um, so like, <laughs> all y'all, your family look good. That's what you're trying to yeah, say. Right? <laughs> <laughs> My family fine. So I just naturally ended up, you know. What I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, like we always had to like have a haircut, hair done, you know, yes. nails, manicured, groom. Like my mom is like super psycho about that so I kind of grew up already kind of into like grooming and taking care of myself and I pretty much always had like good skin throughout my entire life um but it wasn't like I turned like 21 I got like crazy adult acne and I started getting breakouts all across my forehead and my cheeks and it was almost like I was kind of going through like a second puberty it was super Mm. weird and so it really drove me to kind of figure out what ingredients what products really work for the skin how can I eliminate acne 
what was really going on at the time I didn't really really know what an esthetician was like 10 15 years ago um and I definitely didn't have money for a dermatologist and so I took to the internet I had like a little notebook I would write down notes and ingredients and I was able to heal my own acne and from that I kind of like counseled friends and family and I never really thought I could have a career in skincare because growing up one, I didn't really even know what an esthetician kind of was. And the right. estheticians that I did know, they were all white women. And so I was like, mm. okay, I definitely can't do that job. <laughs> right. um, and so it wasn't until I would say probably about eight years ago, um, I had left New York because I was working in fashion at the time. And I had moved to LA and was doing freelance makeup. And I would always preach to my clients about, you need to take care of your skin, you need to exfoliate, you need to hydrate, wear sunscreen. And it was at one point, one of my clients was like, well, bitch, why don't you do a damn facial? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I don't think I can do that. Um, because at the time, I still didn't really know um, that you could have like a career as like, you know, taking care of people's skin. Right. Um, and so after I left LA, I kind of was like, well, this is clear like a passion of mine. It's something I want to do. Always get complimented on my skin. And so I moved to Atlanta. I went to aesthetic school, um, studied for about a little over a year. And mm. um, pretty much it's been on from there. I worked at spas. I Last year, I opened my own spa in New York. All right, hey, goddammit. Right. Tell us, tell us where, oh, I was going to say, tell us where it is, because people need to be able to pull up. So I um, used to have, like, a place in Long Island City with nice. um, my former partner, Lily, and she's still an amazing esthetician in New York. She owns a I spa. I love Lily. Yeah. She owns a, of beauty, right? Yeah. She yeah. owns a spa in uh, Brooklyn now, um, but we used to work together, and that kind of was, like, my first time on my own. With COVID, my career kind of shifted. And yeah. um, I kind of moved to like more social media and I was doing virtual consultations because I couldn't see people in person. Um, and then I started working for Fenty Skin. And so that's yes, kind of- Yes, I right. saw that. Come on. <laughs> I that. That's so dope. Yeah. And so that's like completely kind of changed my entire career, which for me has been really cool because I started on the internet, like on my Instagram, just kind of posting things I was using. It's kind of how I built- um, like the beginning of my following. And now I kind of was able to bring it full circle because now again, like I'm educating, teaching, connecting with clients and kind of a new audience of people through Fenty Skin. So it's really mm -hmm. fun to do. And I feel like COVID has kind of made um, people more invested in themselves, in their skin health. And so it's been a cool little journey. Yeah, and I think it's been cool to watch because obviously I've been a huge fan of skincare since my YouTube days. Um, and then it was cool to see, like it started out with some of us on YouTube making shit up and <laughs> playing around, testing stuff with each other. But then this wave of licensed estheticians hit, I would say maybe in the past like five, seven years, where y'all became like the new influencer that was like, okay, YouTube girls, like that was cute, but <laughs> this is what, like, this is how it really works. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah, because it was like, you know, educated information. Like, it was like, we went to right. school for this. It was and another so, layer, yeah. It was right. another layer where I think, you know, I still give credit to all of us who were just trying because we were just trying to create the community of like, hey, we don't have access. We might not have the money or the information. Um, but then it was beautiful because a lot of 
a lot of people grew up watching us and kind of was like, oh, I would love to know mm -hmm. skin, but then they got to go to school for it. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, we all built off of each other, and I love to see how now you guys are ambassadors, have spas. Like, it's just, I feel like there's just so many ceilings that just keep getting pushed up and pushed up within our communities, and it's yeah. just been so beautiful to see. And I literally stand all the estheticians on Twitter, even though people be fighting and there'd be Twitter skin beef. <laughs> right. Yeah. <literally. laughs> Which is so funny to me, but you know, Twitter's going to Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's going to Twitter. But it's been, I love, like, I like the movement now because I think um, for a long time, there wasn't really like a black voice for skin. And I feel like now right. with like the rise of kind of black estheticians and dermatologists on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter, we've really been able to help people of color with their skin. And yes. for me, that was always my focus going into school because <laughs> I've seen um, like one dermatologist before when my um, mom was able to get me in and it was a white derm. And they kind of had no idea what was going mm -hmm. on. And they automatically went to describing antibiotics and tried knowing. Mm -hmm. And my skin didn't even need that. And mm -hmm. with all those prescriptions and kind of topical medications, it would have caused more inflammation. It would have caused more issues down the line with kind of like dry, flaky skin. Because the derm wasn't really um, advised on how to treat black skin. And mm. I honestly can't even blame the dermatologist fully because in the medical field alone, black people are kind of always neglected with like skin issues and skin diseases. And so you really have right. to be, um, create your own knowledge within this um, kind of realm. Because when I went to esthetician school, I was taught on how to treat white skin, not black skin. And there are some differences there. So that's, that's so interesting. Huge differences. Um, it's funny you mentioned that two things. Totally, well, they're related, whatever. Um, one of them is actually related. My first cousin, Lauren, is a black dermatologist. She just graduated um, probably about four years ago, and she opened a clinic in the uh, Henry Ford Health Center in Detroit, Michigan, specializing in focusing on skin of color, patients of That's color. That's so bomb. And I, she's driven by her passion, so I'm very familiar with the, the new crop of skin uh, health mm -hmm. professionals who are really passionate about this work and getting it, getting the resources to the people who do need them. And because of damn COVID, I used to go to a salon here in New York and my esthetician actually moved to L.A. I had to I go noticed. to L.A. this past weekend. I saw so you your saw it. stories. I was like, wait a minute. What's I had my oxygen facial. I hadn't had it in over a year. And I was like, oh, my God. Even like days later now, my skin literally to the touch feels better. So this is a very important. It's very important the work you do. It's it is, important. especially for a black man. I think they don't. Man, listen. Yeah, they don't really, like, they're not well-versed in skin. You know, they use, like, you know, the 16-in-1 shampoo, <laughs> hair, like, the body wash, the deodorant, it's the baldness. Yes. It's like, niggas be using Axe for facial, like, I don't get it. <laughs> and so it's like, you, it's like, that's a whole nother lane you kind of have to treat people, which is, with, like, infantile skin, it was really important for, like, Rihanna to make... Um, skincare like inclusive and to include even men in kind of the campaign because men kind of always um, they always think that beauty and health is kind of women focused and for the most part like right. the marketing is but men have skin challenges just as well like a lot of my clients that were men like how women kind of suffer from like hormonal cystic acne men also kind of deal with something similar when they have facial hair you have that mm. um, ingrown hair and razor bumps that kind of 
can be cystic sometimes if they aren't treated properly. So for men, skincare is a huge, huge, huge thing as well, especially if you have facial hair. Um, for black men, you have coarse facial hair. You definitely have to take care of your skin. And I love how men, <clears throat> when you, you can tell that a man has stepped into that because they just start they have that glow all of a sudden. Like everything just looks so different. The gray goes away. <laughs> the grayness of the yeah. skin. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I loved you posting, Dustin, that you were at your esthetician over the weekend. And you showed all the different steps. I love yeah. that. I feel like more men should see that, not feel weird about it, or not think that it's something that they don't have the right to access as well like it is for everybody if you're getting your hair cut every week you can definitely get like a facial once a month and i feel like that's mm -hmm. super important for men because one um like when you get your like if you go see like a barber especially a black barber like i used to go to like my barber used to be like in the hood and so <laughs> i know he probably like cut like 150 niggas before he cleaned those clippers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so it was like, mm -hmm. after I had to see him, I would literally go home, do my whole skincare routine because it's like, you want, especially after like a haircut, people are touching and face, like touching and kind of, um, just kind of manipulating the hair and those clippers on your skin, you want to treat your skin. And so I kind of got in the habit of like doing sulfur mask and using salicylic acid for the ingrown hairs. And yeah. that kind of opened up a whole new thing on my Instagram too because I started bringing in more male followers because they were all like, yeah. okay, what clippers should I use? Um, you know, how often should I shave? What do I do after I shave? And so it was almost like taking on the role to teach like young black men how to really have like proper hygiene and take care of themselves. Right. right. I, I mean, love you're the new GQ. So you know, I remember opening up the GQs when I was younger and all it was was white men or, you know, white men, white people suggesting what to do with the skin. And it was like, that skin ain't mine. Them bumps ain't mine. Like, I don't have this redness you speak of, but I have like different uh, things that I have to take care of. But from your career so far, what's been the most rewarding experience? Because you've done so much. You've already opened your business. You've been traveling to Atlanta, New York. What's been the most rewarding? I think the most rewarding is honestly just connecting with people. Like, um, for me, it was kind of crazy during COVID how um, how crazy my business grew. Like, even before I started working for Fenty, just kind of taking my social media audience and offering my services to people who lived in Australia, in the UK, New Zealand. I had You know they needed some help with their skin and hot ass Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they right there on the thing. You know they needed that. <laughs> Not down on there. the thing. <laughs> especially, especially for black people in Australia, like it's a whole new challenge of finding mm. black skincare providers, sunscreens that work for them. And Australia is one of the um, most strictest countries um, mm -hmm. to... Um, for um, for sunscreen protection. Mm -hmm. And so they're oh, super wow. huge on sunscreen. And so like a lot of sunscreens can't even, like if it's pretty much just, like if it's not manufactured there, you can't claim the same claims that you would do like in the US or the UK or like the EU. Um, but I had a lot of black clients in Australia that just had issues of just getting products that work for their skin because it was no education there. And so I really was doing these virtual consults, just helping people of color pretty much all across the world and learning their stories. And honestly, like skincare, well, your skin really affects like your confidence. Like if your skin sure isn't right, you're having acne, lots of hyperpigmentation, that takes a toll on like your self-worth, your self-confidence, how you present yourself to the world. And I would just like hear these um 
people's stories and it would just make me more invested in learning and educating so that I can help people even more because there is such a void for treating people of color in skincare. Right. Ooh, I love this. I could talk about skincare with you all day. <laughs> but I do want to... Okay, so like I said, when we started, we received a lot of messages about this mask knee. So talk to us. What is going on? Why are people struggling with this right now? Yeah, so mask knee is kind of like... Well, it's a new kind of term to describe the kind of acne and inflammation issues that people have been um, experiencing since we have to wear facial coverings for long extended periods of time. So pretty much with maskne, it's a combination of sweat, sebum, heat, plus the friction and occlusiveness of a facial covering. And so when Ugh. you mix <laughs> when you mix all those three together. <laughs> Shit sounds awful. Oh my God. <laughs> How the fuck are you supposed to get rid of that? Like what, what kind of acid so you need, Sean? So when you mix all those things together, basically what you get is inflammation because um, you have like a tightly faced covering kind of trapping all of that sweat and sebum kind of heat in. And so it can mm. get, so then it causes like congestion and whiteheads and blackheads. And for people who already have acne issues, it can lead to more inflammation and cystic acne as well. And so it's really um, creating new habits to treat it. So so way to like really solve um, maskne is having a consistent routine, cleansing very well when you get home. So if you've been out all day and you've been wearing a mask for eight, nine hours, when you get home, the first thing you want to do, of course, is wash your hands and you want to cleanse your face. You really don't want all of that kind of impurities and environmental kind of aggressors plus the sweat and the sebum of the mask to kind of just sit on your skin. You really want to go into your cleansing routine and you want to look for ingredients that are going to help calm the inflammation, um, will help treat the breakouts, and then also help hydrate and rebalance your skin. So some of the main ingredients you want to look for are mandelic acid, salicylic acid, um, sulfur, retinol, and then you want to look for humectants. Those are super, super important for restoring your skin barrier. So things like glycerin, niacinamide, zinc, um, hyaluronic acid, beta-glucan, things that are going to help replenish your skin while you're treating the problem as well. Amazing. Okay, so I guess it'd be hard for you to tell people specific products because I'm sure it would be like a case-by-case -case basis. But is there anything that you could suggest? Because I know that's going to be the main question is ask Sean which product Like give us your must-haves or something. Right, maybe your top <laughs> five that you see most people can use yeah. or are easily accessible. No, I have a few because um, I've been deal like dealing with this for literally the past year. So just from me and my client's experience, I have like about five or six that work really, really well. So for cleansing, you really kind of want to use any cleanser that works for your skin that's gentle. I love the Fenty Skin Cleanser. I also love the Dr. Dennis Gross Pore Perfecting Cleanser. Um, and really, they're just cleansers that don't overstrip the skin, but cleanse really well and get that deep clean, but keep your um, kind of skin's pH and balance intact. So you want to have a really good cleanse. Um, you don't have to double cleanse every night, but if you're someone who like reapplies sunscreen throughout the day, and if you wear makeup, even light makeup or heavy makeup, um, you definitely want to do a double cleanse. So a double cleanse is 
using a balm or oil cleanser and then going in with more of a gel cleanser. So the oil will help break down your makeup, break down the sweat, the sebum, and kind of give you a um, surface cleanse. And then you'll go in with your gel that really gets deep into the skin and lifts all those impurities out. Mm. And so some treatment products that are really good are, one is the Polish Choice 2% BHA liquid. It's a sun... I cannot. <laughs> but the BHA stands for beta hydroxy acid. And so beta hydroxy acid is um, oil soluble as well as uh, water soluble. So it really gets deep down into the pore. Um, it helps kind of calm inflammation. It helps with non-inflamed um, acne. So it helps with whiteheads and blackheads. So if you're seeing that on your skin, you want to look for salicylic acid. And the Polish Choice BHA liquid is a great one. Another one is uh, mandelic acid. So mandelic acid is something I like to give my clients um, if they're sensitive to salicylic because that can be a little strong for people. Um, especially for people of color, mandelic acid is incredible. So mandelic acid is derived from almonds and it's an AHA instead of a BHA. So it's an alpha hydroxy acid, but it has a large molecular size. And so it doesn't penetrate as quickly into the skin. So it's not going to cause as much irritation as a BHA can. So nice. mandelic will help again with um, calming inflammation. It's antibacterial. So it's going to help treat that maskne and kind of congestion. Um, it also works really well with texture if you're dealing with a lot of texture and also hyperpigmentation. Mm, the that's kind the of question yeah the <laughs> right? hyperpigmentation really um is kind of a big thing my clients are seeing now because we've cleared the acne cleared the maskne but the inflammation that um, comes with the acne leaves post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation and so those um, kind of mm. brown spots the darkening of the skin and so that's kind of something that can take sometimes i would say from six to sometimes even uh, 12 weeks to kind of see improvement in because that um, pigment, it takes a while to kind of lift it fully from the skin. But Mandelic is great because it's going to help treat the hyperpigmentation as well as the acne all in one. Um, some other treatments that aren't exfoliants are like niacinamide and zinc. Um, Notorium, which is a great brand you can find at Target or online. Um, they have a Niacinamide 12% serum with 2% zinc. So zinc is great because it's anti-inflammatory as well as niacinamide. And niacinamide is something that's naturally found in our bodies. And it helps pretty much strengthen our skin barrier and protect the um, top layer of our skin. So niacinamide and zinc are perfect together. And sulfur is another big, big ingredient. So if you're someone who tried... Um, AHAs, BHAs, and you still feel like you haven't found the right one, sulfur is the one that's going to work for every one. You know how like you used to get like sulfur treatments in like your hair? Yeah, it's almost for sure. the, It's almost the same thing on your skin. So it's going to, it's antimicrobial, antibacterial, and it's antifungal. And so it's going to kind of kill any of that bacteria that's feeding the acne on the top of the skin. And it's also going to help calm inflammation. And so that's like the number one product and ingredient that all my clients love. And you can find that one at Sephora. Peter Thomas Roth has an amazing sulfur mask. Okay, you know, just because we're doing the, the wellness corner, I just, you know, I feel like now's my time to ask the questions for real. 
things, because, you know, I wander into the Kills or the Sephora or the wherever sometimes, and a salesperson can just be like, oh, you should try this, and I might be inclined to try it. So what are some things, you know, pretend, pretend the world was still open, what are some things that maybe uh, you've heard of people using that you think that people should maybe stay away from or not use as much of or maybe need to become more informed on? So people definitely need to move away from makeup wipes. I think that's like mm. people's number one <laughs> they are culprit. Nasty to me. <laughs> because it, just, it was like, well, y'all know what it looked like anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a makeup wipe end up looking like a baby wipe. Yeah, it looked like an ass wipe when you're done. And the thing is, is like it pretty much a makeup wipe just pretty much it smears everything around. So like oh, whatever, like the makeup and the things, it's not actually removing it. It's just smearing it and you're seeing the residue of that off. Mm. And so sometimes um, it has like certain ingredients like um, drying alcohols and preserved. Sure. And preservatives in it that can just dry and dehydrate the skin. And so it's like you're already stripping your skin. You have to cleanse it at least another one once or twice again to really get all the makeup off. And so you want to swap out the makeup wipes for something like a balm cleanser or an oil cleanser. I love um, the pharmacy green clean balm. It's amazing. Men and women can use it. Um, because men, I think, should double cleanse at least like twice or um, two or three times a week because you're really going to get that deep kind of like spa-like cleanse and then go mm. in with like your normal gel cleanser just so we're keeping that maintenance of your skin, making sure the pores are clear, we're getting that congestion out. Of course, if you're someone that's super oily, oil attracts oil. And so oil cleansing is going to pull that excess oil out, leave what needs to be there. And your gentle cleanser, your second cleanser, is just going to help get rid of all those kind of impurities um, in the skin. Oil cleansing saved my life. It Like, listen, it'll give you like... It saved my life. Oh my God. Like I went from having kind of, I've never had a lot of acne, but I would have some hyperpigmentation and just a lot of texture, um, hormonal, you know, on the jawline. And then I started uh, oil cleansing with almond oil, which was like my personal fave that I used to share on YouTube. And it just changed everything. Like I had a glow, my skin felt tighter, but in like a really nice, healthy way. It's just that to me was it. Like I, probably used almond oil for years until yeah, my skin got to oil, a point where it was like stop girl almond <laughs> no oil more. is great uh grapeseed vitamin yes. e hemp oil squalane mm. oil those are really great oils that you can naturally cleanse with if you get one from like the store one of my favorites is uh from pca uh skin it's the daily cleansing oil it's an amazing mm. oil because it's literally super lightweight but when you add water to it it just emulsifies into like a milky cleanser and so you really mm. get that cleansing mm. action mm. but the benefits of the oil I'm Did someone say something about a milky cleanser right, you know, <laughs> Give me that one more time. The PCA skin, um, it's the daily cleansing oil. You can get it at a derm store or skin store, um, and it's like $30, I think. It's a really good oil, and it lasts you literally for like months. What do you think of the Tata Harper line? Um, I actually just got the whole line a couple days ago. Um, so I haven't been able to get my hands on it. But the thing is, I'm always cautious about kind of like supernatural beauty. Um, because... Sean. <laughs> 
listen, I think it has its pros and it has its cons and it has I its totally place. It. it has its place in the market for specific people. I think when brands um, kind of fear monger into no chemicals, this is bad. I'm, everything <laughs> is a chemical. Like the water we're drinking is a chemical. Everything is a chemical. Nothing bad is really going to be preservative-wise. I think it really is like people's personal kind of ethics and what they believe in um, right. is more kind of like what they gravitate towards too. So I definitely think it's a place for those uh, products. But I think Tata Hopper has a pretty good line. Um, I think the masks are really good. I did try the clarifying mask and the AHA and BHA mask. I think they're great masks. Yeah, I um, love Carolina masks. Those are my go-tos. But I love preservatives i love parabens i love acids <laughs> you know i i want the shit in the lab okay <laughs> i love it my esthetician is i have to shout her out skin by mamie but she is booked i mean to try to get a, uh, an appointment with her is not a game like that's how powerful the the black estheticians are now she's booked three months in advance Wow. To the point that when I have an appointment, I have to book the next one then and there or else who knows when I'm going to see her next. So that's what I'm saying. I love this wave. Like, I'm just so happy that y'all are here. It's honestly a blessing. Like, I still get, like, harassed to, like, open <laughs> my books up. And it's like, I want to, but I just don't have the, like, bandwidth to see clients like I would like to right now. Um, but like I would post like before and afters um, on my Instagram and on my Twitter and it's like people who came to see me and they literally had cystic inflamed acne and within like two months I was able to completely clear their skin and this wow. is me this is me Bless. like some clients I touch and some clients I never touch that literally live in like Arizona and just through counsel and virtual consults a proper routine, the right ingredients, and just using my knowledge to um, really transfer that to my client, I've been able to completely change and heal people's skin. And so it's definitely power and honestly just knowledge, knowing how to treat skin of color because there are all those differences there. Yes. And I think one thing that a lot of um, just black people in general need to get in their heads is that you need the sunscreen. Like we all grew up kind of thinking we're I'm black. So we don't need the sunscreen. sunscreen. <laughs> melanin will protect me. And it's true. Your melanin will protect you to a certain point. But right. um, all of us are like in our thirties now. Some of us are moving into our forties and fifties. And it's Hi. like that black, <laughs> that, <laughs> that black that wasn't cracking is, it's creasing and it's, it's starting to break down. This is so true. And I was definitely, because, you know, especially being from the islands, like you just out in the sun, you think like, oh, we were born here and made for this. But I did, you know, I would get burned and would not put sunscreen. And even knowing better, like, you know you need sunscreen. You know you need to protect if you're going to be in the sun all day. I've seen people's um, before and after pictures. You guys ever seen that picture with the trucker? where the side of his face that was on the side of the window that the sun hit when he would go on those long drives, over time they showed how it was like deteriorating in comparison with the side of his face that was inside of the car. So just little things like that that really make it very real where you're like, okay, you know, I th I'm acting like there's not going to be a long-term ramification to this behavior and it's very obviously 
very obviously real. Sunscreen is really a part of like your skin health, whether it's on your body or your face. For black people, our use of sunscreen is a little different because we're less susceptible mm. to like skin cancer, like on our face, on our body. It usually shows up on like the palms of our hands and our feet. Um, we really aren't That's susceptible so to like skin cancer on our face. But what we do want to focus on um, is like, um, collagen production, the sun really can break down um, collagen in our skin. It can break down the elasticity. It changes the tone. It changes the texture. Um, hyperpigmentation, if you're someone who really suffers in um, struggles with hyperpigmentation, and um, especially if you have like hormonal um, hyperpigmentation, like people suffer from PCOS, you want to make sure that, of course, you're using the proper treatment products. But if you're not using a sunscreen, that's all going to waste. Which one is your personal fave? So my personal fave um, is, of course, the Fenty Skin Hydrovisor. That's, I feel like that works for literally everyone. And I like it specifically for the summer because, of course, we want to um, pare down our products. Like, I'm already paring down my routine because it's, like, getting hot in New York. But right. I like it because it's a moisturizer sunscreen in one. You need one product. It's like easy to reapply, no white cast, but there are tons of the drugstore like Black Girl Sunscreen, La Roche-Posay yes. has great ones, um, CeraVe has great um, sunscreens, and they have physical um, combination, which is physical and chemical together or just chemical as well. So I definitely think a lot of people are turned off too because some people are sensitive to chemical sunscreens and the physical sunscreens, which has like the titanium um, dioxide and the zinc oxide, those leave our skin really white and pasty and chalky. I was going to say that that's the number one complaint yeah. with women, especially where they're like, I'm not walking outside with that white cast. <laughs> you shouldn't. Just not, especially after they already right. put their makeup on, like they're just not doing it. That's the thing. And it's like, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like if you do choose to use like a purely kind of zinc titanium oxide based sunscreen, um, you are someone you're gonna have to put some type of tint over it, and most men mm. don't want to put. Have to. Yeah, most men don't want to put a foundation or tinted moisturizer over their face, and so they lean more to chemical, <laughs> <laughs> chemical sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> so they lean more chemical, but some chemical filters because honestly the. Uh, the U.S. is really behind on sunscreen innovation. And so if you're having a problem finding a good sunscreen in America, look for like Japanese-based and Korean-based sunscreens. They really have incredible technology um, that just work really well with not giving you great sun protection up to SPF 50 and 70 without leaving like a white cast or purple cast. I'm glad you brought up the SPF number rating because urban legend will have it, and I guess really black urban, which I, black and urban is the same thing, I guess, according to who it matters. But anyway, but you know, we believe that you have to get the highest FPF rating because so a lot of times we get the kids or baby sunscreen because it's always higher. Do we have to do that? If not, what is the number that we need to be hitting, Sean? No, so you don't have to get the highest. I think the issue with people like gravitating towards the highest sunscreen is that they think it protects them longer. Now, it does give you like um, a little bit longer of protection, but I think when people use like an SPF 100, they think they're covered all day, and that's not the case. What mm. you really want to look for is like between an SPF 30 and an SPF 50. Um, mm -hmm. I love an SPF 50 because it does give you that little bit more um, kind of 
protection where before like it starts to break down and we have to reapply but the general rule is like start with the SPF 30 you can go up to SPF 50 um, or 70 and really the US is the only place that does like 7 SPF 46 or SPF 70 like in the EU it's either 30 50 100 like it's no mm -hmm. in-betweens um, because people get confused and I think people think yes. oh if it's 30 then I can wear it for like 30 minutes and it's like that's not the case <laughs> like that's not, not the case either <laughs> right like people just be making shit up like SPF 30 I can wear this for 30 hours a beat like girl no <laughs> Like, no. And how does the, the sunscreen application change with these masks now? Yeah, so that's the thing. So because we're covering this part, you still want to apply sunscreen everywhere. Because unless you're wearing like a UV kind of like filtered like mask or face covering, the sun at this point, like the ozone is fucking obliterated. So you just <laughs> want to protect your skin. Like the sun is a strong being. And so you really just mm. want to make sure you're protecting your skin no matter what. So the thing is you want to apply like at least two to three fingers length of sunscreen. So if you're like a squeezy bottle, literally just measure it out of your fingers. Wow, three fingers length of sunscreen. So wow. two so I say start with two. I'll be putting it right in the palm. I, I know I'll be finger. doing that little dollop, a little dollop. No. <laughs> that's the other thing. People are not like that little dime size, no, it's, it's not working. Oh my god! I say you should at least have like, oh, wow. like I would say like a quarter, probably like a nickel to a quarter size amount on like each quadrant of your face. And so I say two to three, wow. um, because it really depends on how big your face is if you need three. But most are good. With, <laughs> <laughs> most are good with two. <laughs> I mean, if you got a big face, you know, you want to make sure you protect it. You know, like. What the sunscreen I wear, like what Wendy Williams will wear, it would be completely different because she has more to cut. It's not, it's not shade. No, you said it to the wrong person. I'm just <laughs> you know, she has a, she has a, you know, a large cranium of space to put sunscreen. So, you know, a dollar is not going to work for her. So she would do three. I would do two. It doesn't matter how big your face is. Like you it said. do. Yeah, that's what makes the difference. How big, depending on how big your damn face is. <laughs> you got it all set up. Because okay. you want to cover your entire face, your ears, the back of your neck, your chest, oh, wow. your neck. Oh, wow. Yeah, you want to cover everything. <laughs> oh, wow. My God, I'm damn near 40. Yeah. You need to get that. You know how people get that black-ass neck in the summer? Yes. You want to get that. Yeah, you want to get the back of that neck. The pregnant neck. Yeah, the pregnant neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Sean. You wow. are amazing. Thank we are you so, so thankful much. for this wealth of knowledge. Please tell people where they can find you because you know they're going to be harassing us to find you. So tell them yourself, please. <laughs> so you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everywhere. It's all Sean Garrett. That's S E A N. G A R R E T T and an E at the end, not the pen, honey. It's Sean <laughs> Garrett's. Okay? It ain't the pen, but it's an E at the end. <laughs> Come on. Sean, we thank you so much. We're so excited for everyone. And I will catch you in your beautiful face on my Twitter feed as I do daily. <laughs> thank you, Sean. Thank, you, thank Sean. you for joining us, Sean. Bye. Bye. This is the friend zone. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. 
Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduce speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. And now that we've finished the wellness segment, let's jump into Mr. Music Man. What you got for us this week, Asante? I'm not going to take up too much of your time. I really just would rather... uh, I'm going to talk about one artist, and then I'm going to just go on to the listens lately. I'll start with the listens lately, and then I'll loop you two in around the end. But I would just very quickly... um, I talked about this artist last week. Her name is Joyce Rice. Um, I've been talking about her because she's been putting out some really dope visuals. She's someone I've been listening to for a minute. Uh, She had Rocket Science out a while back. Um, But she just dropped her new project, and it's called Overgrown. So I had to talk about Joyce Rice for a moment. Um, the new pro- I listened to it, and it's not, I mean, I listened to people's projects. And I'm like, oh, there's some cool stuff here. But I listened to Joyce Project, and I'm not doing this just because she followed me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this because I actually thoroughly enjoyed the project. It's very rare that I, like, listen to new artists. And not that I enjoy their full, pro- or I don't enjoy their full projects, but I always listen to artists, especially new ones or ones that I'm not so familiar with, just to see kind of, like, what the sound's going to be, like, what direction I feel like they're going to grow in like it, it just to just to experience like what the journey is like that's normally what I'm listening to the first time around but listening to this as her first project I was just like damn she's solid already uh I can't think of where she could go because she already feels like she's going somewhere so I just had to shout out Joyce Rice um the project again is called Overgrown there's features from Lucky Day, Freddie Gibbs, Kay Trinata, Masego, Devin Morrison what a lineup. and she like Umi, like there's a whole bunch of stuff on here, but very quickly, I want to just play a little bit of her song. Uh, I'm going to play Think About You. This is track number 11. There's so many different vibes and cool shit on her project, and she's got cute, cool visuals, and she's dancing. I just have to talk about Joyce Rice. I'm excited. <laughs> have to talk about her. So uh, this track that I'm playing again, it's called Think About You. rice that was one of like the slower tracks the vibier tracks but there's like stuff you could like really ride to rock with you know hit a little one two step with she's got all sorts of music i just really enjoy her voice it's such a pleasure to hear her it's so refreshing to see her uh so joyce rice and that's j-o-y-c-e-w-r-i-c-e just in case you're gonna look her up and I, i suggest you do you have to go to her youtube and see what she looks like and watch her be that full all encompassing vibe um I love her. I'm sorry. I just had to talk about that. Um, Another song that I've been listening to that I want to quickly highlight. 
I'm not familiar with this artist, but because, you know, Ho, why is you here? Which is the thing that Dustin stated. <laughs> Flo Millie is someone I always check features for. I've talked about Flo Millie a trillion times here. I love Flo Millie. She's that bitch. So because I saw her featured on this song called Sexy, I pressed play. And the artist, uh, the artist that it's by, his name is Joville. Joville. J-O-E-V-I-L-E. Um... This song is called Sexy. I guess he had like an original version, but it's the remix with Flo Millie. But I actually enjoyed his part, so I'm just going to play it from the top. Sexy. You can do anything you want when you sexy. Money make me feel good. People don't impress me. Sorry, I'm a god with a stroke. It's a blessing. Right, I was like, I cr- <laughs> like <laughs> hit that shoulder. I looked up lean. like, I no, hit he it. Didn't. I had to hit that shit real quick. <laughs> I heard that, and I I ran it back so many times. I really wish I could play the whole song. Well, not you yet. I really wish I could play the whole song, but that was just like it raised my mood, it boosted my spirits, and <laughs> recharged all my chakras the whole nine. So I had to make sure I talked about Joville. That was Sexy the Remix, so you can go check out the original. Uh, just check the song out. But definitely go listen to the remix so you can hear Flo Millie spit, because that's always a pleasure. Always a treat. Last artist I quickly want to talk about, or song rather, is Draco the Ruler. Draco the Ruler um, with Drake. The Truth Hurts. Have y'all heard this yet? No, I don't think so. Dustin's heard it. Fran has it. Fran, you are in for a treat. It's called Talk To Me. I don't know if what we have is love, but it's on my mind. We might slide on a nigga inside this club. Girl, close your eyes. Fifteen brothers, no friends when I pull up for peace of mind. Lights come on, I'ma need you to come find me. Don't be so shy. Cause I know you want me, girl. Cause I know you want me, girl. Cause I know you want me, girl. Cause I know you want me. Y'all know I'm always excited to hear Drake, you know what I'm saying? It sounds so good. So I've been on a little vibe, a little bop, a little bit of everything. That's what I've been listening to lately. I just wanted to just quickly get that out the way. And now I just want to also be nosy and hear what y'all been listening to. So, Fran, you know, I know you've been traveling and things. So what's been on the Zoom and playlist? Okay. (laughs) So Lucky Day jumped on Good and Plenty with Masego and Alex Isley. And y'all, it is exactly what y'all imagined it would be. Mm. Good and Plenty. And this is how it goes. Don't stop. 
Don't play with me, friend. <laughs> Is that not amazing? Ooh. The way he Ooh. just jumped on the track. I love when when uh, a song starts and the artist just gets at you. Like, just go. no time yes. wasted. Something about that always feels so tight to me. He's like, you're going to get this. Right. You're going to get this vibe. Like, they're like, we jumping right in. Um, the other song I wanted to highlight is The Other Lover. And it's Little Dragon featuring Moses Sumney. They've actually been collaborating Ooh. quite a bit. Um, so I was excited to see that they dropped yet another song. And this one is awesome. This is how it goes. Shout out to Lucky Day, Masego, and Alex Isley with the Good and Plenty remix and The Other Lover. That's Little Dragon featuring Moses Sumney. And those are my two for this week. All right, Dustin Ross, what you got? I'm playing three songs. The first song, I'm not even going to name it. This is just a throwback oldie but goodie. And it's definitely, if you know, you know.
Like I said, like I said. So if you know, you Jessica know. Jessica fucking right. Lang. Wow. <laughs> Moving on. Next, we have uh, Street Runner by Rod Wave. Street Runner by Ride Wave. See? I fucked it okay. Now, last song I'm going to play is the jam. It's my shit. Shout out to DJ Poison Ivy, my homegirl. Hey! One of the best in New York. She played this song, and when it gets to the chorus, there's a part where the beat goes. Now, once I play it and you get there, you're going to know what part I'm talking about. Here we go. This is Vibes Cartel, Till You Say. This is the part. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going off. I'm going off on that part. That's it for my listeners. That was awesome. All right. Well, then that does it here for this Music Man segment. Dustin Ross is back to you because what you been watching over here in TV land? (laughs) Well, first of all, I know a show can only be so long, so I'm going to try to make this quick. Okay? Don't, no. don't say that because yes, they get yes. mad. No. Uh, I don't want to deal with okay. the tweets. I'm going to have to start running. You, you threw a list or something. Just make a little list. But, all right, this <laughs> and is it's what... okay. It's okay. couple things. This is going to be a real, just a hit it and quit it. We're just going to hit the key points and keep it moving. No backstories this week. Bell Collective Bell on Collective. OWN, produced by Carlos King. Reunion came on. Yes. Um, I don't like how they were trying to all jump on my girl, Latrice at all it's no secret she's my favorite cast member um I know a lot of things have come to light but I think that it's getting lost in this I think they're starting from the middle instead of the beginning of the story and that's something that I got from Kimmy on Love and Marriage Huntsville she said why are we starting at the at the middle of the story let's start at the beginning and the beginning of the story is that Marie attacked Latrice at that brunch 
call it what you want, that's what she did. Yes. And so anything that Latrice did thereafter, they can accuse her of making phone calls to bloggers, quote unquote, whatever they want, which I'm not sure, you know, how far Marie thinks the news of her dealings and doings in Jackson, Mississippi is going to go. But it, it may be a big deal to her. I don't have to understand, you know, but I know she feels like the conversation is moving beyond whatever she's in control of. I ain't like how she was talking to Latrice. I mean, she maybe really got some shit to lose, which is annoying enough because it's like, bitch, you did She this. don't. Because what she needs to do while she in Latrice's business and everybody else's business, she needs to clean up, sweep around her own front door. You got a son that's 18 or 19 with oh, three God. children, three children all under the age of one. This dude had three babies at the same time and is away at school. And you're paying for the baby mamas to live. You got enough things going on to manage mama. You ain't got to worry about the bullshit. And I do believe she go with Essie. Um, now, Kayline, who, or Kaylin, I guess that's her name. She got on my nerves on the show, on the reunion. I enjoyed her. I feel like points were made. Crazy? I like how she handled herself against Marie. I enjoyed her on the reunion, and that's where I'm going to leave it. I don't have to like her to enjoy her that episode, and that's what I did. Um, Antoinette also showed up and showed out on the reunion. I was very impressed with the right couch. Yes. The couch that, and when you're looking at the screen, the people on <laughs> the, the right couch, couch to the right, I was impressed with them. I was. Yes. Latrice. Latrice, um, Antoinette, and Kaylin, they uh -huh. handled their business. They cleaned it up that day. Um, Tambra, one, two less packs of hair. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> Love and Marriage Huntsville, what? right? Love and Marriage Huntsville <laughs> you know. has been amazing. Once again, this is the If You Know You Know it is. This is the If You Know You Know episode. I-K, I-Y-K, Y-K. Okay. So... Um, Love and Marriage Huntsville, the breakdown of Melody and Martell's relationship has been wild to witness. Wild. Mm -hmm. Martell is the most delusional, uh, self-centered, narcissistic person. One of the most self-centered, delusional, um, narcissistic people I've ever seen in my life. And watching it happen in real time on your television is wild to see. He refuses to take accountability for the state of their marriage or their marriage breaking down. He's making up stories and rearranging facts in order to create a story that makes him not look so bad when it really isn't even the truth. And it's really heartbreaking because I was rooting for Melody and Martell and I like them both individually. So yeah. seeing this side of him is really disappointing as a viewer of the show. Um, Kimmy has been making me laugh all season long. And again, she coined one of my going forward was going to be one of my... Um, personal you know cornerstone phrases which is you can't start in the middle of the story you have to start at the beginning because a lot of times a motherfucker try to pull you to the middle of the story when you're like no nah, bitch i'm kicking your ass because of what happened before that and that's what we need to focus on so i've appreciated her for that um shout out to um leticia um and her husband marceau for opening their cigar bar wonderful to see that black business being opened even though leticia gets on my nerves i also love her mother and I love the scenes with Melody and Mar Marceau, um, Letitia's husband, who they they can't stand each other. But I think Marceau kind of got a little bit of a a healthy, platonic, you know, non-threatening crush on Melody. I think he enjoys her personality and the fact that she's so different from his wife because she's far more independent, far more um, of a, of a self-starter than his wife. And I think that although he claims not to like that type of characteristic in a woman, I think he really is attracted to it underneath it all. 
Um, so that's been great to see. Moving on over to Bravo Television. All, also, Queen Sugar is back. <laughs> Once again, the performances have been great. It's so much going on between Nova, um, Ralph Angel, Charlie, and everybody else. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so much to catch up on, but just know it's on. Fifth season is airing right now. The sixth season is shooting right now. Damn. So get on board. Queen Sugar is a great thing. Now, on to Bravo. The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Dang, he, he had to take a deep breath. It was a good I, one. <laughs> I don't even know where to start because... There were some things. People who <laughs> I have rooted for against a lot of odds are doing things that are making some of the things that other people say about them true. Uh-oh. And it's very frustrating. Kenya, I'm talking <laughs> to you. Um, this whole, although it has made for a, a, an interesting season um, and definitely made for industry and media fodder, this whole thing about um, who fucked Bolo and who was in a threesome and what everybody did, it's just exhausting to see. And I think it's a bit beneath the mark that the franchise hits as a whole. Um, that reality show is in particular has always been looked at, classified, and positioned differently than other shows in the reality TV stratosphere. And it garnered a bit more respect, had a bit more prestige. It was the best of the best, the cream of the crop, um, as far as reality television shows are concerned. And some of these things that are going on now, I feel, just kind of knock it down a peg or two. I feel like they're a bit below the grade that we're used to and what we the natural storylines that connect these women to each other, the history that they have, the things that are not based on sensationalized opinions, but rather who we are as people, you know, how we're tied and connected. And these, these things also um, creating organic, natural conflicts if they arise. If not, it's still an interesting group of people to watch because of the way that they're connected and the stories that can be birthed from that. And I feel like the show kind of slipped a bit away from that in its defense, I will say this has been the most challenge. I'm sure it had to be the most challenging sh- season to shoot ever in the history of the show with the pandemic. Mm. They couldn't do any of the things that this show is built around, which is large group events, congregating together, traveling An together, going all over. Trip where they can yeah. fight and beat each other up. True. They couldn't do none of that <laughs> shit, and so it just and I'm and I'm sure even with all the regulations it took to film the scenes that they did have with crew and cast both been having to be tested and cleared and in bubbles and all that shit. So I get it that this show, this season was going to feel a little bit different. Um, But the things that are making me not as happy with the show don't have anything to do with the production value, nor do they have to do with any of the um, variables that were put into place because of COVID. These motherfuckers just getting on my nerves. Okay. And that's what it's boiling down to. Um, Married to Medicine has been amazing. I'm so tired of Toya Bush Harris. At this point, I just feel like she's being mean and nasty. That's why Quad Webb uh, Lunsford, also known as Quadola Davis, also known as Quarrel Street, also known <laughs> as, okay, she's one of the greatest actors of our time, Quad Webb. But anyway, that's why she went on that show and ate Toya's ass up and woke the show up this episode, episode three. It was good to see her back. And I want to see Quad as a full-time cast member, even though she's not married to medicine. Or in the words of Mariah Huck, you ain't even married to medicine, my love. Like, you know, she's not. But... <laughs> She's still a person who's been there from the inception of of these characters on this show. She was a season one vet, and she needs to be in the mix full time. So I want them to readjust uh, her positioning. But other than that, the show has been great. Dr. Heavenly has kept me in stitches. Her, Contessa... (laughs) 
and even though Toya gets on my nerves, Toya, um, they are all making the show interesting and hot this season. And so it's great to see. Shout out to Dr. Jackie, too, with her rich ass. Dr. Jackie got so much money. Love Dr. Jackie. I'm telling you, she does. <laughs> so it's just been great. So shout out to all these shows. There's more that we could talk about, but we're going to talk about Soul of a Nation on Twitter and all other things that will come to pay as we move forward. So that's it for the TV Land segment. Thank you so much. Sweetness. Case wow. Closed. The one time I watched Candy, everything, like, damn. <laughs> like, damn. So as always, this was a great episode. We thank you guys so much for listening. We love you so much. And we'll catch you guys next week. Stay black and protect your magic. Bye. <laughs> you can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter. Or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary.